0: This is Greg Duncan.
1: This is Josh Garverick.
0: And this is Paul Hacker. This music is auto it's not stopping. <laughs> all right. Well, we're not we're not going to re-record that. All right? This is, you know, this is Radio TFS. It is what it is, listeners. This is like the 12th time we tried to record this. Uh, it, and that's why you love it. Because we are what we are. Paul, my friend. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. This is your first time you, with us using the new Zencaster beast. It sure it is. is. This is a
2: little more professional than what we were used to. <laughs> Not as open source. Let's put it that way. We've kind of gone a little bit farther. This is nice. No, it's a great setup. Uh, so, I, dude. Dude. <laughs> Big news! Yeah, tell us about your big news. Yeah, so um, most people know. If they don't know, um, uh, I was working as a DevOps consultant for a number of years, and I worked for a company out of Florida. Uh, but now I actually joined the mothership. So Microsoft hired me on, and my first day was October 30th, and I am a DevOps architect now at Microsoft on the Xamarin Cat team. Which is the customer advisory team. Uh, so uh, I focus on just DevOps stories, you know, for for organizations, large organizations. So um, companies come in and they they buy Visual Studio licenses, and based on the number of licenses they buy, they get a two-week fast track, and uh, that fast track is one of us on the advisory team comes in and spews DevOps with them. We actually. <laughs> Not only just talk to DevOps, we talk to Microsoft's story about Microsoft, how Microsoft went from three, you know, two-year releases to three-week releases, you know, and that uh, what what changes had to take place in order for that to happen. Because if people don't know that story, it's a fascinating story. It really is. Um, the more I learn about it, you know, it's really, a, they did a wonderful thing. And uh, then we, we spend the, we spend two weeks with these customers and we we deliver value with them. We show them, we teach them how, you know, how to fish. And then they go and hopefully go on and continue to fish. And uh, it's it's a, great, it's a great engagement model. And I, and I really like it. And um, the nice thing about it is for consultants, for example, if you're a consultant, you're always trying to upsell your customer. You always want them to buy more hours because you're a billable consultant and you have to be a certain number of hours and all that. I don't have, I'm not a billable consultant anymore. I go in for my two weeks. I do my thing. Granted, we want them to go to Azure and we want them to buy Visual Studio. That's a given. But we're not trying to upsell them on more work because I go in for Hmm. my two weeks and then I back off. You know, so it's a different story you can have with the customer, a different conversation um, that you can have with them. And I don't have to feel like I'm always trying to have a hidden motive of buy more service, buy more service type of-
0: Yeah, I hear you. I've, I've been in places where we do the utilization, the, the billing model. Was one of the, you know, I worked at KPMG, the big accounting firm and yeah, those, you know, billable hours and, you know, getting those hours logged and, and dealing with all that CRUD versus just a standard FTE, makes a big difference. It's, it's
2: a huge difference, it really is. That's what one of the things that Excited me most about the position.
0: Really. So we were talking in the pre-show. You know, previously, you're old the job. It seemed like you were on the road all the time. Uh, So with this new role, are you going to be on the road more or Mm -hmm. less?
2: More. Uh, same or more same or more it's 75 to 80 percent. i'm on the road yeah so i travel um because like i say they are two-week engagements and usually i'll get there's possibility i might get a week in between there's a possibility i won't i may have to go and help a customer for a couple of days somewhere or i'll have to go somewhere and and uh present um to an organization so while i do the two-week fast tracks uh that week in between fast tracks i might actually be on the road anyway like uh, coming up in december i think i'm uh, I'm gone most of December. I was gone all of November except for 4 days. In November I'll be I'll be actually home 4 days out of all of November.
0: So does Microsoft like provide you an RV?
2: No, they provide me plane tickets and a hotel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I take Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Uber's my best
2: friend now. I don't rent cars anymore. I got done with that. It's uh, no, it's it's great. No, they, they 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 do take care of me. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I do have my hotel of choice and I have my airline of choice, and that's a good thing. So,
0: how was it onboarding with myself? You always hear about drinking from the fire hose and all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah,
2: I don't know how other people really get onboarded. I can just tell you about my experience, but it took it took a number of months to get me to the point where uh, they could do, you know, where they, they were going to do my background check and then, um, accept me in. So, um, that background check process took alone three weeks, you know, to complete. So, uh, yeah, it took a number of months and it was very, it's very stressful. No, know number of months because (laughs) the background check comes back and they ask you a lot of information, you know, they want information about your financials or, you know your your job history or whatever if there's any gaps in your job history or you work for yourself self employed you know they you got to prove all that information out to them by showing them documentation that shows for every year you worked and might you worked on your own send me a document that shows you were working on your own whether that be an invoice huh. or a bill or whatever show us that so there's wow. always a lot of information and it's very stressful because then you don't know that the more they ask am i really going to get in here you know, so, and I was up against some phenomenal people, you know, and so to to get that role really meant a lot, you know, it it really kind of solidified my, myself in knowing that I must be pretty good at what I do, you know,
0: or at least able to think, at,
2: well. at, at least, yeah, at least I'm able to think it well or <laughs> fake it, you know, yeah, I, can. Um, <laughs> I can uh, think on my feet. And I, I guess that's what makes a good consultant is the ability to think fast on your feet. Yeah. And uh, and so apparently I do it pretty well. So, <laughs> well, congratulations. Hey, that. I appreciate it. That's, that's
1: a huge accomplishment.
2: That, yeah, I, I'm really excited about what, what it's going to do for the community. I'm really excited about giving back to the community um, and telling the Microsoft story. That's the biggest thing I'm excited about. The Microsoft story, getting out there and having people understand what they actually did. You know, It's pretty phenomenal. Maybe one day we'll have a radio show on that. <laughs> it's it's a phenomenal story Absolutely. though. If people want to know about it, they should go and investigate. Brian Harry and and Lori Lampkin and those types of folks can tell you the story, and um it's phenomenal. As a matter of fact, I think
0: Josh, you have a new story—the of DevOps at Microsoft thing. That we're as a matter about. of fact, you're yeah. right. We'll have the links in the show notes for that, and that, that's part of that story. Uh, the Googs talks about that. So, Paul, since Martin's not on, you, know, you think he's on vacation or something. Yeah, or, you know, something silly. I know. Oh, damn Microsoft. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, why don't you take that the opening role and tell us about uh, some of the latest news and announcements?
2: Yeah, so um, unless you're living under a rock, if you're a Microsoft person, you probably heard that Connect went on. Uh, and so Connect is a fantastic conference that they do for the day, or to, well, it's over a couple of days, but the big announcements come on day was day one? Uh, and uh, what what I was watching, well, at least that's the ones I saw, was the, was I was watching was uh, for the DevOps you know, announcements. And so uh, they announced a lot of good things. uh, And and one of them, before I got into DevOps, one of the ones they announced that was really exciting to me was um, App Center. It's the, it's the visual studio app center is the mobile center for doing bills and releases and, and the pipeline for your DevOps for your mobile apps. And it ties into Xamarin Test Cloud. And um, there's a lot of really cool stuff that you can do with that, you know, and Hockey Apps all built into it and everything. Um, so that was announced. Uh, and then um, the other one was DevOps and Azure projects. So the ability now, you can go into Azure and say, I want to set up a DevOps project, and it will literally build out your pipeline for you um, and and set up servers and all this services, PaaS services. Um, It's really cool. Uh, So I really encourage people that look to get Quick starts or even to produce a proof of concept for their organization to look at that Azure benefit because it's gonna be fantastic to get up and going real quickly. There were a few other things that were announced on the DevOps projects were a big one, I thought, and mobile center, but then there's other things like, for example, symbol servers and release gates, you know. So Microsoft has the VSTS symbol server now. Uh, which is important for people that are, you know, want to store their debug symbols and release management mm-hmm. gates uh, for for folks that are using those. It was uh, in preview before. Now it's fully baked out there and ready to use. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that was most of what I what I got out of it. I'm sure there's a lot more that was delivered. Uh, we could probably stop the whole show on that, But those are the big ones that meant to me.
0: So. I- I think one of the things that I saw on that that was really interesting was the hosted Mac agent.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah. So that's a great one. Yeah, I, I don't even have that in my list. Yeah. So so now that they, they have these Mac agents, this is and this ties into that App Center deal. You know, is that now I can build and build and release code um, for Mac or for iOS. And I don't have to have a Mac to do it. That's the nice thing. Because up till now, it's like I had to have a Mac or a Mac Mini or a Mac in the cloud. And then I could actually do a a build of my, or compile of my iOS code. Um, now I don't have to do that anymore. It's really nice. That's like crazy talk. It is crazy talk, isn't it? Yes. Microsoft, Mac? No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I want to get your guys' impression on the uh, YAML build definitions. So, so uh, build definitions as code, B D A C. Is that? Are you guys excited about
2: that? The YAML build YAML build definitions. I am interested in it. Yeah. I haven't looked a lot into it, um, but it looks really compelling. Um, because yeah, I'd like to see uh, what it's all about, though. You know, it's uh, basically um, it's JSON in the back end, right? The YAML, yeah, that's that's all. It is, is JSON, yeah. and so um, yeah, though I'm I'm interested in seeing how people are going to use that. I'm yeah. How about you?
0: I well, first of all, I, I, it's only okay. for Git. So if if your repo isn't a Git repo, uh, uh, and the other side too is, I don't know. I think it's cool, um, but I, I don't know how. I, I think I need to see it flush out. I, I need to see it. You know, right now it's only in preview. And it's only a limited uh, features and functionality. And, and I think one of the things that it doesn't do right now is do the little um, each step. You know, when you do sure. a, a build and each step is uh, shown in the build results and as they're running and stuff, I don't think, I think the it YAML does, actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, does that. Yeah, it does. It does? Yeah, it
1: does. Yeah. When you uh, when you first set it up, it's like you get, you know, use the YAML file or whatever that, that initial template is. That sets you Uh-oh. up, and that's the only thing you see in the definition. But when it executes, each of the line items that you put in there, each of the groupings will show up as actual tasks executed. Oh, okay. So,
0: yeah, that's how yep. I got confused then. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and I mean, quite frankly, I've been waiting for this for a while. So as soon as the preview, like the private preview came out, I was already tinkering with it, and I've, I've managed to, to edge out about 90% of our use cases for the tasks and configurations and stuff. The only, the only issue that we ran into here was that our uh, our source code is actually put together weird. So there's there're like three top level solution files as opposed to just one. And it, the way that it's set up is you have to have the build file in the root of your Git repository, but that's not where we build from. We build from like four directories down. So so it kind of it kind of screws things up a little bit. Um, you can do it. It's just you have to put some extra elbow grease into actually setting it up
0: but overall it's it's are you is it something you're going to continue to use and you'll just you know never go back to old build definitions or is it just something fun or i highly
1: doubt it i highly doubt it just because like we don't have the teams on them yet Mm -hmm. but one of the things as they start to become more autonomous and have separate release build and release pipelines and things like that for their for their components it's going to be really critical for them to be able to look at understand and modify those appropriately so that they have the control over that. And it's not, you know, one or two centralized build people who control all the built definitions and all
0: that stuff. So uh,
1: this, this is going to put a lot of freedom into their hands, which is a good thing.
0: You know what the, the thought, the, I just think about the automation capabilities. You can create a wizard, you know, specific to your environment that generates that YAML file and checks it in and it does that. That would be yeah, cool. I like your Team.
1: I wouldn't be surprised to see that get put into your Team
0: yeah, or Donovan yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that, you know? Um, okay. Well, other news announcements, too, that we, we can't make sure that I can't miss is TFS 2018 RTM. So it's now finally available and out. And if your infrastructure is in place, go out and get it. I'm not seeing much chatter at all on the mailing list. Uh, bad, badness happening. Um, they're already working on update one for it. But uh, if you're an on-prem and, kind of person. Yeah, well- so I was going to say, and I was surprised
2: now that I'm at Microsoft, the number of customers but, that are still on-prem uh, TFS. It's it's a lot more than I thought, A lot, especially with big companies that don't move as fast as smaller, more agile companies. Um, there's a lot of on-prem but TFS still.
0: If you're thinking about moving to VSTS and you are still on-prem, then Rogan Ferguson has a great post for you. And it's titled, It's Never Been a Better Time to Migrate from TFS to VSTS. And I totally clip this selfishly because we're in the process of dry running and stuff. Stuff to move to VSTS, and uh, he talks about it here. They we've talked about this high fidelity um, import for forever. Well, it's finally actually it's been in preview. All this whole time it's been in preview, but now it is released. It's a lot easier to use. If you've ever read the guide, you know, that there's ports, uh, points in there about, you have to ask for import codes and stuff. That's not required anymore. So you guys can go out and use it. And, um, they simplified the import experience, create a dry run, get your stuff up there. You know, the only pain point that we ever have is you have to detach it. Uh, your TFS, you have to detach it and then back it up and then reattach it. So there's that window that, you you know, it'll be unavailable. Your on-prem will be unavailable. Uh, but beyond that, uh, Oscar, my partner in crime, we've done a couple dry runs. And it's gone pretty quickly. It's pr- gone pretty well. And this with this one, the, the changes on it, uh, like the simplified identity mapping file is no longer required input. I, I think... Uh, yeah, well, I that's huge right a, there. Yeah, it is. That's a that's a big big difference. Huh? That was
1: the seriously that was the biggest issue we had. I mean, granted, we were in the the first batch of private previews a while ago, but private um, private private preview. Yeah, exactly. Double secret blind, secret <laughs> squirrel, duct tape, yeah. race for the cure type of thing. Yeah, um, and that was the one thing that we had the the biggest uh, hurdle with was the identity mapping stuff.
0: I don't know if Oscar – well, we didn't have that many people on. I remember him complaining of that. But anyway, uh, it is going to be much simpler for you. The documentation is available. And, again, we'll have the links here in the show notes uh, for the documentation as well as Logan's post.
2: I got a question. And Why why so
0: many dry runs? Uh, (laughs) Because we had – other issues here in-house are build machines. We're in the litigation support business. It's uh, so a legal industry okay. and very anal about what machines can see, what internet resources, and trying to get it, all of our machines and all of our build resources and all of our development machines and people who are TFS consumers able to access VSTF was the blocker. So we, we did one dry run, and then we tried to do a build. It's like, oh, this build machine can't see it. Oh, we need to ha- have it talk to the internet. And it's like, okay, we'll set up firewall rules. Okay, that doesn't or let's set up a proxy so it just took us a while and it's like okay well while we're waiting let's do another dry run okay i see okay yeah interesting i guess you would have to in that case and again we're not we're going to probably do one more dry run uh because all of our machines currently actually can talk to vsts now which is wonderful they can talk to npm now which is wonderful it makes it really hard to do your builds when you can't talk to you know npm doing those installs anyway and you guys know i know that you listeners out there are groaning in sympathy because i'm sure you've run into those environments too but our setup has been simplified we're good to go we're going to be via 2018 we will be vsts knock on wood so josh if somebody also wanted to go to vsts and you know they're not here in the states let's say they're somewhere in asia are they sol
1: absolutely not so They've just recently announced that VSTS has stood up an instance in East Asia, which is in Hong Kong, uh, adds to the VSTS instances that they've already set up in Europe, Australia, India, and Brazil, as long, uh, alongside Canada too, uh, that just recently came up. So, so now that there are even more uh, VSTS instances around the world, more folks can can get the uh, the goods at a much quicker speed than having to wait for it to you know load across the transatlantic cable or anything like. That.
0: Nice. One of the things that I like about VSTS and TFS is it's pack, built in package management uh, and they've made some changes to that. Uh, what
2: were the changes, Paul? Yeah. So um, now you have upstream sources um, uh, of NuGet feeds. So um, you can use NuGet.org upstream source. Uh, it's in a preview right now. As far as I remember, it's, uh, it's in a preview that you can use a public preview. Uh, but what, what does that mean exactly? So what that means is you can use your VSTS feed as a single product feed that contains all the pa- all the packages you know that you're going to produce and consume. And so what happens is if you go to the server, you go to uh on, well, let's go on TFS for a second. Right. On TFS, upstreams can provide faster access to packages. Okay, and because what happens is once you retrieve the package from the upstream source, it it's on the server now, and all sub, uh, subsequent uh. Requests are going to come from the packages on the server, so it's going to be much faster than having to always go back to NuGet.org, um, which is great. Uh, and again, for the po- folks that out there that are using NuGet.org um, to, to host their packages, you now have the ability, you know, you know to integrate them into VSTS and in the TFS. So I think it's a great thing. I've I wanted this a year ago because I was working with a client that was all about packages and they were using Artifactory um to, to, to be able to do their and it was clunch you know, G to set it up in the build and a release. Yeah. So this is really exciting to hear.
0: Yeah, we use ProGet, the free version of ProGet here, because we needed it for years before the package management was available. And, yeah, having to go to all the machines and, you know, build machines and configure it and make sure that, that that's the one thing. We spin up a new build machine and, you know, our internal uh, NuGet ProGet stuff will invariably fail because we forget to, you know, set the package sources up so this means that if we move to this our all of our build machines talk to say we're moved to vsts we put our packages there and so our build machines go to vsts to get our packages. but our build machines, if they're getting normal NuGet package, they still go to our VSTS and VSTS then goes out mm-hmm. to NuGet and caches those right. locally and then feeds those up to us. So the next time a build happens, we just talk to our VSTS, the packages are there, right. and it gets. That's nice, yeah. It, and it works also for for npm packages too. That, that's yeah, in there, there for a little bit. Yeah, nougat right. stuff.
2: But uh, no, it's, I think it's a great thing. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick, actually get in and start playing with it because uh, especially folks that are doing like microservices and stuff. Mm-hmm. That that's gonna be a, a big thing mm-hmm. for them. Now, package management
0: that is not free package for VSTS, man- VSTS. Right, you need a package license management. for it. Management.
2: Well. I don't. I don't think we you pay extra for it. As far as I know, you I didn't. I didn't know you did. Again, we didn't use it much because it didn't interact with Nougat.org. So now that it does, uh, I know the public preview is free um, to use, um, but I I don't know about the package management costs. Do you know, Josh?
1: I had thought that there was some sort of a a way to allocate CALs for that, but I seem to think that it's still tied into your to your MSDN or. Visual Studio Enterprise subscription, if that's the the SKU that you have, I'm pretty sure that that's where it still sits is in that, in that SKU
2: somewhere.
0: Yeah, last time I checked, that's exactly where it is. Is If you've got a Visual Studio Enterprise subscription, then that gives you one license to uh, the package management. You get five free, I think, and then... Uh, uh, each Visual Studio Enterprise Edition gets you another one. Oh, I see. But it's not, it, it, But it, yeah, it's a little bit weird in the licensing of that. I never really quite could figure it out. If the consumers, if a pure consumer... Just pulling, you know, in restoring packages versus publishing and managing them. Right. And just to remind everybody that the the VSTS and TFS are all private repositories. That, that you can't put open source and allow the world to access. It is a controlled access. Yeah, that's important to know. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> just just FYI, guys. I looked. I just looked it up on the marketplace, and it is. Uh, it's paid if you don't have those subscriptions, but if you've got enterprise monthly, annual, or enterprise with MSDN, it's, it is included in with that with that SKU family.
2: Oh, okay. So you need VS Enterprise. Yep.
0: Okay. So talking no. about updates, um, TFS 2017 update three was also released kind of seems like it was forever ago uh, on the sixth i guess that is kind of forever ago and this is a bug fix release and likely the last tfs 2017 release which makes me sad i really wish there was a fourth and fifth uh, one more feature release and and one more bug fix release but uh, I, I won't be sad next year because i'll be on vsts it won't matter anymore will it No. Nope. <laughs> That's a beautiful post. So, Josh, we were talking about this post earlier.
1: We were. This is from our our good friend, Sam Guckenheimer. And uh, this is. DevOps at Microsoft. So Paul was was kind of going into the whole uh, Microsoft transformation story. And Sam has a post here that, that goes through how they work with Visual Studio Team Services, how they architect uh, Visual Studio Team Services, uh, what the one engineering system at Microsoft is all about, and then Microsoft research on DevOps DevOps productivity. Um, a lot of good video content in here. There's videos in here from Lori Lambkin, from Aaron Bjork, and um, Buck Hodges is another one that he's got a video in here as well. And a lot of these stories are really compelling. And like like Paul said, um, it's just really fascinating to see a company that's as large as Microsoft moving from, you know, multi-year cadence for one release to multi-week cadence for one release. It's just, it blows your mind. And, you know, we've talked about it on the show countless numbers of times, just the amount of of, of features and fixes and things that get rolled out in each one of these uh, VSTS releases. And sometimes you feel like it just compounds on itself. It's like uh, <laughs> and if, somebody's running the, a rabbit the, business. The,
0: I don't know. The scariest, the coolest, the, the weirdest part is how it's not just the development. Right. Tools. Exactly. It's, it's everything. It's, uh, I mean, Office is getting updated like twice a year. Windows is getting updated twice a year. Uh, a SQL server is getting like annual yep. releases. That's,
2: that's, their, that's the model they're trying to go to. And it's, it's, I, I think especially with the Visual Studio team, it's, it's working really, really well. They're doing a great job of it. And, and just so you know, a lot of people don't know, um, did you know that Microsoft releases v- VSTS every day? They release something every single day. Now, it doesn't mean it makes it up there, but they release daily uh, in their in their organization. And two, they only develop off master. There are no branches. It's master. Everything is built off hmm. master. All developers work in master. Really? It's pretty interesting.
0: So they don't do like feature branches and then uh, like a PR to, to to merge it in or? not. they work in
2: master. Lori Lampkin's video on uh, that Sam's put up there, I didn't know that he had these up there. This is great. This is the ones I was talking about. Yeah, she'll tell you about how they just use master. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good, You know, and it's funny because about a year ago, I was doing a talk and somebody brought up the fact that, you know, should I be using one, you know, no branches or multiple branches? And I was always of the, the mindset that, you know, you need to have feature branches to do pull requests and all that. After listening to Lori, it's like, I don't need that. I don't really, I see the benefit of not having that. So it's really nice.
0: That just kind of, my brain exploded.
2: <laughs> the wow. other nice thing is I get emails from Sam. <laughs> <It's like>, wow, <"Whoa, laughs> that's Sam. It's, it's, it, it hasn't hit me yet, you know, but that's Sam. That's cool.
0: So we had another story here from uh, Robert Shanks that, that I thought was interesting. And I think I, I gave this to Josh, but I'm stealing it. Um, <laughs> I just Love the title. What was the title? Hey,
2: you don't even know when you took it from.
0: Uh-huh. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to hand it back. Didn't quite work out very well, did it? See, it's the it's, right. game is weak, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I screwed up the title for last this week
1: in awkward segues.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, anyway. DevOps is not for sale. I love that time. because I, I am still seeing a lot of posts that people think oh, I'm going to go out and buy DevOps or I'm going to create a DevOps team even. And, you know, that, that's kind of, and I know everybody's arguing about that. Uh. Paul, what do you think about <laughs> that? Given your new role on it, is DevOps a team? No, is it a no. culture? To, to, me, to a... me, DevOps is a mindset.
2: That's really what it is to me. Uh, you know, and and people go out, like you say, and they they think they're going to, build a DevOps team. No, they're going to, they have teams and they're going to show them how to do DevOps. They're not going to build a DevOps team. It's a mindset. We're going to change the way they work to be more agile, to be able to to release on a regular cadence, you know, quicker than before. So to me, it's a mindset.
0: And Josh, what team are you on?
1: The DevOps team. (laughs) 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 Sorry, Josh. However, I will, so I will say this though. Um, not in my defense, but just in general. Um, I also agree that there should not be a DevOps team. I think that it should be a mindset and it should be something that's embraced all the way up from, you know, senior leadership to uh, the folks on, on delivery teams. It's, it's really important to have that homogenous view of, of how things should be um, working together and, and releasing on a, a much quicker cadence and being able to, like Paul said, work, work in an agile fashion so that, you know, you can, you can start providing value quickly to your customers.
0: Yeah. It's I've, I love the idea of the, And I love the idea of the op side. I always hate it. When, when we're, we're going to talk about scrum here in a little bit, but, um, uh... You know, one of the things I loved about Scrum is that it was a cross-functional team. QA was part of the team. You know, you broke down that barrier between dev and QA. And I kind of see DevOps as that next step because we've all been there, done that. Some of us still live it where you have IT and you have dev and there's a weird silo and I, I, that's just, it's icky. It's a stinky smell. And I don't like stinky smells. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that the show title? Stinky, stinky, stinky smells. smells. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the upside, that vision of of being able to. You know, we've been doing CI for forever, and the delivery. Okay, that, that's that, that's one thing on. But it's even beyond the delivery. Yep. Gathering the telemetry. Huge. Uh, being able to build your app so it can be supportable. Yep. Huge.
2: In fact, I'm running a lot Love of customers that. Uh, they're all focused on telemetry and, and monitoring. It's, you know, it's out there. It's great.
0: I just want, yeah, right now, I, I was talking about it today in our, in our sprint planning session. Is all like, we need to think about telemetry. We're building these type of applications, and it's very hard to tell if anybody is using that, and that is so depressing.
2: Right, and especially if you're in Azure, you have application insights to take advantage of, so yeah. why don't you, you know? And if you're on-premises, maybe you're using some other tool. Um, but yeah there's they're out there and you should take advantage of them know what your customers are doing <laughs>
0: um so paul yes Microsoft is all in on git right yep is there any guidance or has anybody talking about how that so moved i on? haven't
2: heard much on the git um, other than what i've heard from the the story that they tell um, they use git obviously like i say mm-hmm. they only use the the single branch methodology, but uh, I don't I don't know much about um, what Edward Thomas Thompson did here. Um, I have to I have to go in and look. It's a YouTube video for those of you that are interested, and it's called the Five Stages of Git at Microsoft. I haven't heard much about it being so new. I haven't been, you know, indoctrinated yet all the way. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'll have to go back and watch that to get really up on it. But that seems pretty interesting. I'd be curious what the five stages are.
0: Well, what is it? Uh, denial. Gr- oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, so we were talking about Scrum and I, yeah, we, we, Actually, we don't talk about it as much or as often anymore, but the new Scrum Guide for November 2017 is out. And the thing I like about this thing the most is it's 19 pages, and that includes the cover and the credits and the stuff at the back. So, you know, people say Scrum is scary or they don't understand it. This is, It's 19 pages, and they've been modifying it and tweaking it over time um, to simplify it. Now, one of the things I really wish they would finally do is change the title of scrum master you know they've defined the role they've updated the role um of scrum master but they haven't changed the name i really i like scrum master always comes across scrum guide scrum Scrum, just like scrum Scrum referee scrum referee there you (laughs) go Yeah. You my shirts.
2: There
0: yeah, you go. Know. Yeah, and, and it's you know scrum the game. So and there is that referee that's not necessarily it's part of the team but kind of separate from the development team. Yeah. True. Like scrum that. ref. Yeah. You know it's also uh, the guys available. We'll we'll have the links in the show notes. And um, as a bonus point, we'll, we'll actually have a Q and A with Ken Schwaber and Jeff Sutherland uh, about these updated guides. So if reading the stuff, uh, reading the guide isn't all you're interested in, but you want to see what. Uh, Ken and Jeff, or thought about it. InfoQ has a great post, q and A Q&A post uh, about the, these updated changes.
2: Yeah, I heard and one. Last thing.
0: oh, go ahead. go ahead. I was going to say I heard one thing from Ken Schwaber about uh, about
2: Scrum. He says Scrum is simple. You just do it like it is. You know, <laughs> like it's prescribed. Just, just, just do it. And. Uh, that's hit me pretty
0: odd. Yeah. You, know, yep. you just do it. <laughs> Another thing I was whining about, God, I seem to whine a lot. Uh, like two resumes in the last two days had scrum as all caps. And that just, as a certified scrum master, that just rubs me the wrong way. It's like scrum is not an acronym. It's not all caps. It's an actual, you know, proper noun. do Isn't that kind of like, okay, s- listeners, isn't that kind of a metaphor
1: for uh, the prescriptive nature that Paul was talking about though, being in all caps, kind of yelling at you like, So Scrum,
0: but that's just it. It does you don't. Yeah, Scrum isn't about yelling; it's about doing. (laughs) That was good. I was
1: trying to put some insight in there, and it just fell apart.
0: (laughs) Okay, so uh, what else? Wow, we're 40 minutes in. I have to, what's my, wow. my post? Oh, Richard Huthausen ha- has a great post. And <laughs> this is one is, uh, should our team use Scrum? So if you're, if you're not using Scrum now, uh, you know, Richard Huthausen is a consultant and he's asked, you know, should we use Scrum? And his post was, you know, a few years ago, he got, of course, everybody should use Scrum. But now he's got five different questions about yeah, maybe, right. you know, Scrum isn't for everyone. There's places and projects where it's right. And some that are wrong and trying to shoehorn it lived this in the last couple of years, trying to shoehorn everything, everything must be Scrum from hiring to facility management and build outs to, you know, software development, trying to shoehorn that all into Scrum. Yeah. Uh, talk about a stinky smell. That was one of them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Do you, have you guys run into that where they're just trying to apply Scrum to? Yeah.
2: I see it a lot of times at a lot of organizations, you know, that I go into, because as a consultant, I see a lot of organizations, and sure, they try to shove it in on everything they got, just because it's the fancy buzzword. Not understanding what Scrum is all about, you know. Not, th- I'm not saying that it's a, just a fad or anything like that. What I'm saying is they don't understand it, and so they just assume it's it's something cool, and we're going to do it. I've seen
1: I've seen several people like actually this. force Scrum onto uh, waterfall approaches. Scrum or
0: fall. I <laughs> So that's what we call it, yeah. So, Josh, if somebody were still on-prem and they had the infrastructure to support TFS 2018, the Opsy side of this, you know, one of the things I always run into with our with the IT silo is uh, monitoring our TFS servers like, they say, oh, no, that's a dev resource. That's a dev thing. I was like, no, no, it's not. TFS is a production server. It needs to be treated with all the care and monitoring and alerting that any of our production servers are given. Is there any new guidance about what to do for TFS 2018?
1: Yes, actually, Aaron Hallberg just put a post out that covers installing the SCOM management packs for TFS 2018. And uh, basically the TLDR on that is... The recommendation is that you should use System Center with the SQL, IIS, and Windows Management Packs, uh, plus a few of the other custom monitors, alerts configured using built-in SCOM capabilities. And if you've ever used SCOM before, it's it's kind of a scary rocket ship of operations management tools. <laughs> so um, the like I said, the short yeah, yeah. story is uh, there are some pretty targeted areas in which they recommend using it for that, but it's got. Uh, built-in support for TFS
0: 2018. So, Paul, have you set up people to use this kind of management stuff? No, no,
2: because the, most wow. of the folks I'm dealing with, I'm I'm, I I I'm actually trying that, to so. encourage them to go to the cloud. So yeah, I don't, I haven't done mm. much with System Center. You know who has though? And he would be a great person to talk about is our friend Mickey because that's what he lives in. You know, is is the System Center tooling. So I'm sure if we can get, get him that. back
0: on the show, Mickey, if you're listening, <laughs> then he'll show up. We can invite you know, him on as a guest. He is he is like the worst. Oh yeah, I'm so going this time. Up. I'm going this time. I'm there, Craig. There's nothing that can stop me until the morning of the recording. It's like I I can't go to I can't be on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm laughing, but that's me. So So there was another thing that I mean, Josh, you're all VSTS now. That's correct. So I forgot that. So that's why I gave you these, you know, on prem stories. I thought you had on prem stuff. So you know what? I'm going to steal this one again from you because I'm still okay. This one,
1: this one, I'll let you because I want to hear you. I want to hear the pronunciation.
0: Oh, I'm not. I'm Bob. (laughs) Bob's got this great post. Um. Okay, Peter. Ah. I'm, no, I, I, I refuse. Peter Bob um, did a great post on code and work item search for TFS twenty seventeen troubleshooting, and this is a post actually for for you, Oscar, or for the other Oscars out there. And you know, setting these up usually works great. You know, it's click, 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 enter some stuff in, and it just works. But what about it, when it doesn't. So what do you do? Well, you go to uh, Peter's post here and read all about it, and he has a number of steps and things to do to help you troubleshoot when those aren't working. right, Paul, we were talking about, we were just talking about this. Yeah, wow, it's I didn't like, even see that you know. there. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> uh, yeah, so
2: telemetry, of course. You know, if, if you're in Azure, you're, you you should be using App Insights. Uh, you you really want to start collecting that telemetry. It gives you, and you know what's really cool is they have now widgets. Um, It's, I forget what the name of the widget, it's Visual Studio... App Insights widget or something like that, but it allows you to build dashboards based off your Cousteau queries, a Cousteau for people that don't know as the language, which you write um, to, to get data out of App Insights. And so um, what happens is you know, you write this code to return some results, and then you can actually tie the graphs or the widgets into those particular um you those particular uh, things you wrote, uh, custom queries, uh, or you can do them out of the box with some of the basics that they have built out, uh, you know, right out of the box. and You don't have to do custom still. But it's really cool, and I so I built a cu- dashboard for a customer, and they were like, "I can't believe we can do this!" and and they were just like, <laughs> because they were so in, they were so worried about what are my customers doing and how's my application performing. And we get calls, right. and you know, we built them this dashboard. It, was, it took us maybe four hours to build out the dashboard and write the custom queries. It was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> awesome and it's funny that. because this was written by Tiago, and t- we just hired Tiago last week. He's he's now on my team as a um. DevOps architect, and I'll be—you'll be joining me on my next engagements as I show him the ropes of what That's we do cool. here at Microsoft. So, yeah.
0: Now, this is another one for Josh. I'm not going to steal this one because I—I I can't spell ARM, let alone understand it. Uh, Josh, you're using ARM though, like a lot, right?
1: Yeah. Some might even say abusing
0: it, but. <laughs> have you seen this Yo template? This particular one,
1: I have not. But um, in this post, Brian Farnell actually goes through and talks about the, the Yo generator that takes care of putting together arm templates and how you can put in, you know, you can add specific resources. So it's, it's fairly easy to, to modify an existing template and things like that. And if you're not familiar with Yeoman, please go out and, and check that out because it's, it's a really awesome scaffolding framework that, uh, obviously Yo team that, that our good friend Donovan Brown has, has had out there for a while. That's in there. Um, Mikhail grief who we had on the show his uh, VSTS extension generator is written in you written using human I should say so uh, check out this post though there's there's some really really good stuff in here it's it's really easy to use which is nice and uh, link will be in the show notes oh, go cool. check it out yeah. and give it a whirl like
0: it. our last thing is we're gonna use Martin's name in vain and <laughs> this is a post that he had up uh, that, that I found pretty funny on it Martin, is on the cover of the Linux Format magazine. Really?
2: Look at
0: that. He's right there, Microsoft man.
2: Yeah, he needs a cake. I'm going to send him a cake.
1: (laughs) Would it be bad to like, would it be bad to like Photoshop his face onto the Marlboro Man? (laughs)
0: Do it. (laughs) Nice. And Diego's post right below. Good, they didn't quote the Penguin Man. Is Burgess
1: Meredith still alive? (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) nice uh, yeah the comments are everybody is loving this many people that we've talked about today and sarah ford's on there yeah the microsoft man that needs to be his new title or in a you know addendum title i am microsoft man all right well coming to that point of the show now there's two items of feedback uh graham Pembury took advantage of our offer to send you guys uh radio tfs stick. he emailed martin And um, not only did he ask for stickers, but some some advice on upgrading to TFS 2017, uh, 2018. And uh, of course, Martin was great in replying on that one. Uh, And Graham, I really appreciate you listening to the show. And your stickers, you should have gotten your stickers by now. They were sitting on the 20th. No, 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 not, not yet. Uh, but you'll get them soon. I know they're in the mail. And um, one of my past cohorts in crime, Alex, emailed us and was talking about, now, I, I got to understand. I want to make sure I gave him the right information. Um, in TFVC, put your mind back to TFVC, day, when he create a branch. Paul, you know mm-hmm. this is something you guys are doing. They, they don't. It, all the files don't get copied. If there's five thousand files and you branch that, fu- the physical binaries, those files right. aren't copied. Right? They're just Point. basically light pointers that's until correct. you make an edit to a file. Okay, good. That's why. That's why I remember it working. Right. It was just. But they're having a problem uh, conceptually. But then he says, "Well, when I get it in Visual Studio, we get five thousand files." It's like, yeah, that's kind of you're going to have to do that. Versus how Git handles branching because all the source repository—the difference between centralized and distributed. Uh, so I'm glad I didn't give him the wrong, <laughs> the wrong information, Alex. And thank you for listening to this. All right, gentlemen, I, I think I think we're done. Great. Did I miss anything? No. Anything you guys want to add? Any big plans for the holidays? Gaining
1: weight.
2: No. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs>
0: no no, stinky smells no hey, what are you sorry, trying to I say, say that out loud, did I? <laughs>
2: i'm gonna i'm gonna actually go see my family <laughs> i don't see them there at all so i'm gonna i'm gonna actually have, be able to have dinner with my 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 close family nice. uh, my son and my wife yeah <laughs> uh,
0: we're not doing anything we're actually going to a restaurant on thanksgiving day because nobody wanted to cook my uh, mom didn't want to cook uh, annette my wife didn't want to cook She's like, nap. We're going, we're, we're they're having a traditional uh, turkey dinner at this local restaurant. It's like, we're just going to go there. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's what we're going to end up doing too. We're not cooking anything. We're just going to go out. to eat.
0: <laughs> and then my wife's like, I'm not cooking any turkey. I'm not having people over. And then what does she do the next weekend? She goes out and buys a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to surprise her and invite my parents over when she cooks that. I'll show her. <sighs> I'm sure. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Paul and Josh, I want to thank you guys for being on and being on the show. Uh, listeners, all of you out there, thank you for listening. I'm sorry we're a week late. That was all my fault. I was uh, sick as a proverbial dog last week, and I just couldn't. I basically hated you guys and didn't want to, you know, talk to you at all. So this week, I don't hate you. I love you because without you, this mm. show would be nothing. Um, and let us know what you think about the show. Send us an email, radiotfs at outlook.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at radiotfs. We're on Facebook slash radiotfs and voicemails remember i'll play it on the air as long as it's you know safe for work 14252338379 leave us a voicemail let us know what you think ladies and gentlemen happy thanksgiving for those celebrating thanksgiving